When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like dating cross-culture, defining ourselves <laughs> by our work, and learning to trust again. But first, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we have no idea what we're doing. No idea. No. We're like Jon Snow at the at the fucking Winterfell. Right? We've been doing this for like 42 at the, episodes. At the fucking Winterfell <laughs> is what I said. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. No, we've been doing this for 42 episodes and we still... This is episode 42? Holy so. moly. Yeah. So we're not accredited. We are not like mental health therapists. No. <laughs> <laughs> physical therapist that's right or occupational yeah exactly um we don't know what we're doing this is all to say please take our advice as you see fit we're just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love Mm -hmm. welcome to episode 42 is it 42 or is it 41 no no it's definitely uh well doesn't matter you all know we don't. That's that's okay. <laughs> um, do you remember when you were little and 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 your mom or 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 like an adult in your life would be like, "Oh, am I am I forty six or forty seven? And you would be like, "How do you forget your age? Because <laughs> right. when you're younger, like your birthday and your age is like the biggest deal. Oh yeah, for sure. But do you remember like for half of the year I was telling people I was thirty three, and I'm definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, you were the one that corrected me all the time. <laughs> You. It's like I'm not 31 yet, Sierra. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that was that we're we're those people who are forgetting our age. Yes. So happy 41 or 42. Could be both. Could who be knows? either. Yeah. Age is ain't nothing but a number, baby. No, <laughs> no. He's canceled. I know. Oh, is that who said That's that? R. Kelly. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I just said that as like something from pop. Oh God, I feel gross. I need to wash my mouth out. Ugh. Ugh, gross. Ugh. Anyway, uh, speaking of um, terrible canceled artists, um, yeah. I finally watched the Leaving Neverland. Oh my God! Documentary and um, y'all, for those of you out there who maybe are not sure about your feelings about Michael Jackson, I. In general, like, it's okay to be um, conflicted, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Because it's really hard when we have, like, this musical genius icon person. Right. And it's hard because, like, every all pop music is pop music because Michael Jackson right. changed exactly. the game. Right. Exactly. Like, every, like, he is infused in, like, all of the music that comes out right. these days. And, you know, it, it goes back to what we always talk about on the podcast, which is, like, nuance and 
layers and complicate like that we contain multitudes within us. And that's so it's really hard for people to be like this person can be really talented and really special to so many and also like. A, a serial abuser. Yeah, you know, it's, it's we feel this way about our exes, and we feel this way about our icons. Yeah, um, but damn, like that. I want to say, regardless of your feelings about Michael Jackson, that documentary is such an amazing um, education on mm-hmm. what um, serial predators look like, what the grooming process looks mm-hmm. like, um, and and. Um, I just like couldn't suggest it more. Yeah, I, I know people might be avoiding it because they don't want their minds changed or they don't want to be uncomfortable or it's better to just not look at it. But for me, it, it like was really moving and really educational and really made me think about abuse as like a systemic thing and yep. not just Michael Jackson, although that person is canceled to me. Yes. Um, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. But you can't listen to these testimonies and be like, oh, no. Yeah. And I, the way that they told their story was so powerful and the, the, their ability to talk about it and to make it, and this sounds bad, but to make it so that I could understand it as a person who has never experienced child abuse to like, to understand not just, oh, this was a thing that happened, but then the ways in which they as children understood it and the way that they like moved through the world with it was like, was like it just gave me such a deeper understanding of like of the ways in which abuse can stay with people and how it can shape the way that they view their abuser, the way that they view the world, the way that they view their loved themselves. ones. Themselves. Right? Yeah. And like I think I always understood that intellectually, but to hear that story in, in such know. an emotionally visceral way was like, oh, I feel like I can actually like feel it in me now in a way that I couldn't before. Totally. I, I remember like feeling like the not nauseous but like physically moved when they talked about like being in love like they were in love and that's why I really just like maybe this should be like a terrible blind date (laughs) um (laughs) uh like go out and like be get really depressed watching this movie um or this documentary but you know these young boys talked about being in love with this Mm pop star this friend of theirs as children and i think that's such a common narrative in stories of abuse that you love them so you can bend yourselves over backwards finding the love in their actions and justification and yeah anyway so definitely watch that if you guys have access to hbo HBO. yeah you can like hit up my mom for her password which is what i did Do I use my friend's password? Yes, I do. <laughs> the funny thing is that, like, until I got my mom's HBO password to watch um, Game of Thrones, uh-huh. I had an HBO Go password from my friend's ex-friend who, we, who like, and I have given that password out to, like, 17 people across, like, six years. Yeah. So uh, I have this person's password that I don't even know. And it's being used by me and like several of my exes. <laughs> I'm like, I just hope he never like looks uh, at his hilarious. like play. You know. Anyway, okay. I'm very protective of my friend's password. I don't give it to anyone. Oh, but this isn't my friend. It's a stranger. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm a bad person. They could just change their password. They could. Yeah. Peter had to do that because all of his family members were using his Hulu, <laughs> and I was like, "This is ridiculous. <laughs> Change your password." Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. All right. 
what's our check-in topic today? Because it's definitely not leaving, leaving Neverland. <laughs> no, it's not. Our check-in topic is uh, shame versus guilt. <laughs> oh, my two best friends. Yeah, right. Those are my two sides as a Gemini. I'm like, oh, have I have you introduced you to shame? Oh no, here's guilt. <laughs> Just kidding. Tell me the difference between shame and guilt. Okay, well, it's in a book that I read, um, and it's about. So there's different. It's, there's two different things. So shame is um, when you feel bad about yourself because of a thing that you did. It's an it is looking inwardly at yourself and saying I'm a bad person mm-hmm. because of this and this and this. Guilt is that I feel guilty because I did a bad thing. Mm. And so it is external. It is not a reflection of you as so a person. So shame is I am a bad person and yeah. guilt is I did a bad thing. Yes. And then there's like there's also embarrassment and humiliation where like embarrassment is oh I um like I did something stupid and like now I feel bad about it, but I'm not a bad person. I just like farted or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's humiliation, which is that someone is trying to make me feel bad by like oh. humiliating me, but it still has nothing to do with me. It's about that other person. Oh, my God. And in relationships, mm-hmm. like. Wow. Unpacking that for a second, because I'm thinking about the times in which I was made to feel guilty or embarrassed right Mm -hmm. but it was never like villainous it was never like to it was just because of repercussions or humanness or whatever but then there's times that i was made to feel ashamed of who i was as a person by a Mm -hmm. partner yep and humiliated yeah and that is terrible (laughs) (laughs) no it is and that's why like we talk about loving yourself and like the importance of loving yourself is because if you if you are able to release yourself from shame then guilt is actually healthy because it makes you recognize when you've yes. done something wrong and you can apologize and know that you did a bad thing but that you're not a bad person oh my god and then so embarrassment real. is like is good because it's like it's you can turn it into something funny because you know that you're not a bad person, but like, haha, I just farted or like I slipped or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm a human. Right. And then humiliation means that you, if you have a strong sense of self, you can stand up to the humiliator because you mm. know that what they're saying isn't true about you as a person. It's about what they're saying about you and it's not acceptable. I think that's so awesome, but so hard. So hard, right? Because like, I think we are built to feel bad about ourselves. Like that's that's mm-hmm. what our ego psyche does you know is is to look at all of our um humanness and see it as flaws yeah or see it as something to be ashamed of instead of something that like we're all on a journey we're all figuring things out Mm -hmm. What, what 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 about that really like stood out to you personally um i realized how often especially in this podcast i was using guilt and shame Mm. interchangeably um and as I was reading, and I'm not going to tell you the name of the book because it's going to be my blind date. And yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah, give yeah, it away. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that later. Like, you got to listen to the end. Everybody out there is like, what the fuck is a book? No, everyone out there is like, I've already read this book, Sam. Shut up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you don't get it, you'll get it later. Anyway, so, yeah, I think that's a great check for us that moving yeah. forward, we're going to try to use those I remember saying on the podcast, like, oh, I think shame is a good thing because shame helps us recognize that we've done something wrong. And, like, I wish I could go back to episode eight or whenever I said that (laughs) and be like, no, guilt is a good motivator because guilt lets us know when we've done something wrong. We did just talk last episode about, like, 
what it's like to do an actual podcast and how like it, it's it's really a case study <laughs> in vulnerability because we, no one is a perfect you know PC human all of the time no. and we just have to try to be better. That's you know that's that I hope that people yeah. are out there are inspired by the fact that like Sam and I are not perfect people. We um, make mistakes. We say incorrect things, and yeah. we are like submitting ourselves to the process, right? Yeah. Like we are saying we're here to learn. We're here to be better. Um, but along the way, we're gonna try to like put things out there. You know, sure. we're gonna try to share our our experiences, our opinions, and and yeah, yeah. And I'm like also. Equally as inspired by all of our listeners, too, who, like, write in and are like, I've been doing head and heart work and, like, help us, like, yeah. check ourselves when we've messed up. And, like, it's just, I think it's just so, we're just, like, this community of people who are, like, yeah. trying to be better people, which I think is exactly what we want to see in the world. Yeah, which is also exhausting and, and can <laughs> often, like, spike defense. Like, I want to, we're getting a little off track, but that's, that's okay. That's okay. It's a check-in time. Like, that's you the know, point. Yeah, check-in time is where we just talk for 40 <laughs> minutes about nothing. Um, you know, I think, and this this goes for me, and, I, and I'm confident people out there will relate. You know, when somebody, like, calls you out on something or, like, brings bring something to the table that maybe you could do better on our first instinct is to be defensive Mm -hmm. and i just want to like acknowledge like i think that's okay like the our our society has kind of taught us to feel bad about everything and so when we're when something is brought to your attention that maybe you did that you could do better but you weren't intentional about it it's like you're just trying to protect your peace right like you're just trying mm-hmm. to be like oh i'm trying i'm trying to be a good human out here in this very hard landscape of humanity yep. um so first i just want to acknowledge like that i think that defensiveness is okay but really again we say this all the time but growth and and the best of humanity happens in discomfort and so i just try to like succumb when i feel that defensive pride or ego come up i just think like I'm here to learn. I'm here to be in service to other people. And if I can do something better, then I want to say that I'm willing to do that. Yeah. Um, Which is a great example of guilt versus shame. Yeah. But I think... <laughs> because but, when like people criticize you, our reaction is to go to that place of shame and be like, oh, I did something wrong. I'm a bad person. I am... I am racist. I, totally do I that. am transphobic. Right. I am like all of these awful, awful things. And it's not that. It's You should feel guilty about the fact that you... accidentally misgendered someone or said something insensitive right you should for sure feel guilty about that but you're not a bad person because you did it you are just like a person trying and like missing the mark and needs to apologize and like own up to the mistake that you made for sure but you're not a bad person because you did it this is so moving i'm so glad we're talking about this because in my life recently i have had i've acknowledged that it takes me a really long time to come back from a criticism mm-hmm. not that i don't take it i take it in immediately but it's yep. almost like if i get feedback on our podcast or it, you know if i feel like i did something wrong or whatever it takes me hours to get out of the headspace that is essentially abusing myself of yeah. right like yep. of really carrying it in such a heavy way and to be honest as a self-employed person it's affected my work because it's like it'll take me out of the place of productivity and positivity mm-hmm. yeah. that allows me to do my work and I, I think i've even said to you in personal conversations like it i i am upset how long it takes me to write myself yeah after um 
after some criticism or whatever. Yeah. Um, but this is so important to remember, like, okay, I'm a good person. We all have inherent value and I can feel um, I can I can accept criticism or c- constructive criticism um, without letting it distort my feelings about myself for right. hours. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Or even unconstructive criticism, too. Right. Like, oh, my God, you're so like, right. That's the humiliation factor of like someone is saying something that about you that is mean and not at all helpful. But if you know that you have inherent worth then you don't retreat to that place of shame and totally. say you're like, that person is trying to humiliate me and I'm not going to let them. Yeah. But how do you do that? Like, I, I, I want to get into our letters, so I don't want to muse on this too long, <laughs> but it's real. Like, how, it's not water off a duck's back, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, sh- you, you should retain the experience, but yeah. how do you retain it without letting it poison you? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, mean, I don't I know. Th- I think we just... It's about that positive self-talk, right? Yeah. Like, that stuff that we talk about that had in heart work all the time. Is totally. Totally. Like, and how much of a head and heart work is sounds fucking cliche as shit. <laughs> oh, it totally does. You know, like I hate it. Like, it, but so much of head and heart work is literally saying like Hallmark card slogans to yourself. Oh, absolutely. Of like, I'm worthy. I make. I'm allowed to make mistakes. I'm yep. not less of a human or less valuable because I make mistakes. Um, I deserve to feel healthy and whole and happy, um, and all of those things that I would like you know, not have on a magnet on my fridge, (laughs) but I have to say to my mirror, you know? Yeah. Anyway, this is really, I'm cracked wide open right in the beginning of our episode. (laughs) Okay, let's get into our letters. Sound good? Let's do it. Okay. Our first letter is from Anonymous Anonymous, who is writing to us from Malaysia. Oh, Hi, guys. Honestly, couldn't be happier to have found your podcast, and I love how raw and real each episode has been. Big thanks from your Malaysian fans. So here's my issue. Me and my ex have been broken up for nearly a year now after a 10-month relationship, and I can honestly say he is the love of my life. The issue that broke us apart was the cultural difference. I come from an Asian Muslim family, whilst he is Caucasian and lives in England. We know we love each other so much, but with a total lack of understanding on his part of the cultural difference, I've been living in England for seven years now, I just don't know how we could ever reconcile. He finds it so difficult to understand or accept the differences for what they are, and he gets frustrated about a ton of things, i.e., I'm not allowed to travel with my boyfriend, I can't live with my boyfriend unless I'm married to him, and introducing him to my parents, especially at the age of 22, is a huge deal because relationships are expected to be very serious by now. Of course, it's frustrating to me to live with very strict rules, but that's how I've been brought up and I respect my parents and I'm grateful for all they've given me. I really do hope that we can get back together in the future, but how do I go about the cultural differences whilst whilst maintaining some of the, quote, normalcy for him? I get so pissed when he just doesn't understand, but I feel like I've tried to teach him for like two years now and it's not sinking in at all. I know patience is key, but just how should anyone navigate through interracial or cross-cultural relationships? All right, Anonymous, thank you so much for writing. Absolutely. I think this is our first letter from Malaysia. Yeah, well, technically England, but... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Um, true. (laughs) It's our first letter from any Malaysian representation, so so, thank you so much for writing. Um, Yeah, I think that this is a super difficult experience that... Maybe not difficult, but like it's conflicts of the heart, right? Mm -hmm. You're getting pulled in two different directions, maybe even more than that, right? Yeah. Like you're getting pulled in romantic directions, um, uh, 
family directions, like mm-hmm. your the like outside of your cultural um, practices, you're getting pulled to your family because we always feel very connected to our family. Yeah, and you're getting pulled to your cultural practices. So. Right. I think this is hard. You're getting you're getting uh, like split like a banana. <laughs> is that a no? Sure. Yeah. That's not a phrase, but we can make it one. <laughs> Look for the T-shirt. <laughs> anyway. Um, OK. Anonymous. I think that Sam and I think that the first thing that you need to do in moving forward in dating in any in any way mm-hmm. is to establish your own boundaries. Um I love that you talk about how much you respect and honor your family and how much you love and appreciate what they've given you. Um, but first thing first, like imagine you're in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Like what are the practices you want to abide by? What are the boundaries you want to uphold in your life because it is yours? Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm not saying you don't want to uh, abide by your family's expectations. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying like if, Take your family out of it. Take your boyfriend, your like, take your family's desires out of it. Take your boyfriend's desires out of it and really sit with yourself. Like, what do you feel comfortable with? Mm-hmm. What do you want? Um, yeah. And yeah. establish that as a baseline. Again, that might be a really hard thing to do because we are conf- constantly influenced by a thousand other things yep. and pulled in a lot of different directions. But maybe if you can figure out what you want, what your ideal dating um, approach would be, yep. then that's that's what you stand on to like be stable when you're getting pulled in these different directions. Yeah. So that you could potentially, you know, have boundaries for both your parents and your partner to say, okay, mom and dad, I want to be able to travel with my boyfriend, but hey, boyfriend, I'm not going to live with you until we're engaged or mm-hmm. married or something like that. Like, yeah. what what is anonymous's boundaries, <clears throat> not th- where you're getting pulled to? Um. That's great. And I'm also like super triggered because I'm <laughs> I'm in this like leadership development course yeah. over the course of this this year, which is really about like rebuilding me as a professional person and as like a human. Um, and that is like exactly what we're talking about right now is like um, we had this assignment where we had to write about like what our leg like where we came from and what the legacy of that is in our lives. Yeah. And then being like. Okay, so which of that, what of that do you want to take with you? And what of that are you going to release yourself from? Mm. Because like, what if, what of that is working for you and what of that is not? And then from that, defining what your values are, like, what are the thing of the things that you've taken? What is the thing that drives you, you and, and the work that you want to do in the world? Yeah. What matters to you, Anonymous? What are your values? And I'm going to tell you right now, Anonymous, this is very difficult. Also, I feel slightly (laughs) culturally insensitive. Like, I want to just acknowledge, like, these influences on you are strong and important. Yeah, and there are things in them that are great, that are working for you. And I'm not here to devalue anyone's um, culture. We're going to go into your your boyfriend's lack of cultural competency in just a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Give us 60 seconds to get into that one. Um, but I do think that this is something that, um, especially like living in coming from one culture and moving towards one to a different one too, like this is an opportunity for you because it's, it's more difficult than it is for me. Who's like lived in the Midwest for my entire life. Like my values are also reflected everywhere around me. Um, but it is, you are in a unique space where you are dating a 
a white dude from England, right? right? You are the expectations around you are all very different. And so now the time is for you to decide what of those expectations do you want to keep and what do you want to give away? Yeah, totally. Because you are your own authentic person moving through this world with a very rich cultural history with a great family, I'm sure, and with this boyfriend who's asking things of you and that you want to be able to to give to him. Right. And so what of those things works for you and what of those things doesn't and figure out how you can focus on the things that work and leave the things that aren't working for you behind. Right. Because at the end of the day, if you put up a boundary, um, like not giving either your family or your boyfriend what they want, you're still a good person. Like you're allowed to protect your values and your peace and you're allowed to say no, you're allowed to, um, like you're not, you're not a shameful being, um, because you establish what you want in your life. Absolutely. And I know that's very difficult in so many different facets of our lives. Right. And if, and if, um, not traveling with your boyfriend, not moving in with him, not introducing him to your parents until you're like ready to get married are your values great that's fantastic yeah, stick let's, to them let's uh <laughs> let's let's transition at that so like let's say <laughs> let's say you do this self reflection and these and and your parents values are your values still yep. and and that's great uh we're we're kind of in camp uh maybe this guy isn't your soulmate <laughs> It's a great summer camp that you can go to every yeah, right. year. Just break up. It's the name of the podcast. You are um, already broken up. I yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think why we want to, like, yes, you had a great time with him. He has all of these positive um, attributes that have kept you together and kept kept your heart tethered to him, yep. even in your time of separation. But dang, girl, like two years, two years, you're trying to get this empathy from him and compassion from him and you have a right to be frustrated Mm -hmm. and I I think Sam and I just want to embolden you to stop like in that moment of self-reflection also think like am I asking for too much no no right um am I allowed to have boundaries and 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 to to honor my cultural differences yes yep do I have a right to ask for this from my partner? Absolutely. Right. So maybe this person isn't for you um, because they they can't seem to get there. Absolutely. And I think what is frustrating about this is that your partner assumes that his way is the right way. Yeah. Right. And you are constantly having to, to justify <laughs> your decisions around your cultural understanding and your family and your religion, like all of these different things you are constantly have to justify to him because his way is the way things should be. And you are, you have to explain why you can't and meet you, those And you are constantly disappointing him. Right. Which and is, that's That's fucked. not, no, that's, that's privilege. That is like not being culturally competent. And the fact that you've been having these conversations for two years and he still doesn't get it means that like. He is not doing the work that it takes. He doesn't in seem order to be to, willing to learn or right. compromise. And and like and that is a hundred percent unfair to you and you shouldn't be have to be in this place. And maybe he's not like so culturally insensitive. Maybe he's like a fantastic um representation of like what it means to be like a white ally mm-hmm. um or a European ally. <laughs> That's not really right, but um <laughs> Uh, you know, maybe he is just this fantastic person, but he is also the unfortunate side of the coin is he is also allowed to have his boundaries. Mm. Right. He's also allowed to yes. say, 
I want a partner that I can travel with. Yep. I want a partner that I can live with. Yep. Um, and if and if your values don't align, then this is just a, yet another way to say um, th- this this man ain't it. Absolutely. Right? You are not compatible. You might love each other a lot, but that doesn't mean you are compatible to, right. for each other. And everything gets more complicated when it's tied up in culture. And and but at the end of the day, that's what it is, is that are, are your you values compatible? aligning? Yeah. And it seems like they're not. Yeah. And that doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make him a bad person. It just means that that those values aren't in sync. Yeah. And some people just aren't made for us. And yes. that is okay. I mean, it it's is no. I mean, it's like awful. <laughs> yeah, it's like the worst thing in the world. But it is. It is the reality, and it and it's okay that that the people that we love aren't for us. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I know that this is not the most. Um, this might not feel like the most positive outlook of of advice, mm-hmm. um, but it is actually because you have the opportunity right now to restructure your boundaries, restructure your values, like become more strongly rooted within yourself, which yep. makes you um, a better partner for somebody out there who will be able to accommodate all of your needs. Absolutely. And we just don't want to see you continue to grind yourself down trying to justify your values, your culture, your existence to this person who right. who seems to only value his own. Right. Uh, we love you. We are so grateful re- you wrote us. Uh, yeah, good luck. Y'all, as a self-employed person, as a mom of a toddler, I am always struggling with finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. But now I use Rocket Money and it does all of that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, you have full control over your subscriptions and a clear view of your expenses. You can see all your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, Rocket Money can help cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month so I can clearly see my spending habits and check myself if needed. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even help try to negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you, which I obviously love as a somewhat introverted, conflict-avoidant person. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Rocket Money has over 5 million subscribers and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Quince has things like premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar 
brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. This past month, I treated myself to a pair of new slippers because I'm in that hashtag mom life era of my life um, in which (laughs) um, I am never not in slippers. And these are 100% Australian shearling lined clog slippers. And I love that they're slip on, but they have those durable rubber outsoles. They're super cushy, super comfortable, but I feel like I can run outside to like take the trash out in them while also like staying warm and active in the house. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right. Our next letter comes from Bridget, who is writing from The Void. Dear Sam and Sierra, thank you so much for your podcast and the work you do. As a spoken word Sierra fangirl, <laughs> oh my God, Bridget, me too. Oh, shut up, Sam. You... <laughs> Actually, Sam is kind of, you started, we, our friendship was cemented because I impressed you. True. Yes. Yeah. Which, what does that say about me? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bridget writes, uh, I started listening to the podcast as soon as it came out. Mm. Thank you, Bridget. OG fan. That's right. I know I have always had fucked up relationships in general, but was waiting for the right one to crumble before I wrote you in need of advice. (laughs) Uh, Let's take take a minute to process that. Like how many people (laughs) are like, oh, is this bad enough that I need to write Sierra and Sam or should I wait for the next awful relationship I'm going to be in? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know either. Just keep writing. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The letter focuses on friendships that might as well have been marriages because we're just that close. Okay. My friend Jake and I have known each other for three years in college and have every single class together. Keep in mind that these are seven hour long art studio classes where you spend every waking minute with your classmates. (laughs) Sam's worst nightmare. (laughs) No, seriously. I was like, seven hours? What do you even do? Art. (laughs) Um, We've interrupted this letter like 30 times. I'm sorry. (laughs) We have always gotten along and always loved cooking together and joking around. We know everything about each other and have never fought. Until last weekend, I trusted him with every fiber of my being. I knew he had flaws of being narcissistic and using people to get where he wants to be in life, but I accepted them because everyone has flaws and I don't think he would I didn't think he would ever hurt me. At this point in our design careers, it is time to look for internships. I do not have the privilege to travel far for an internship as I cannot afford to pay two rent bills and I have to work two jobs either way. He, on the other hand, has a family to financially support him wherever he goes in the country for an internship. We both applied to our dream internships and we were waiting for interviews when he decided to apply to mine as a backup when he knew I had my heart set on this job. Not only did I feel inferior that his backup was my dream, but I thought he crossed a line and cared more about his success than our friendship. It looked like he would get his internship that he wanted until last week when the company denied him. I was saddened that he did not get it and in turn worried that he would take mine. He did. He Mm. told me with no apologies or emotions that he got an internship designing soft goods for this company and how excited he was. I didn't know how to respond. I just changed the conversation as the pit in my stomach deepened. How do I go on having a friendship with the elephant in the room that he took the internship from me? Should I approach 
him about the subject when I know he is easy to anger and it would hurt our friendship. He gets malicious in fights and I worry he would turn all of my other friends against me. Am I overreacting or should I just get over the fact that I am not as good as him? What do you do when someone you love, you thought you loved, pushes your needs aside to advance themselves? How can I apply to so many more internships? How can he apply? Sorry. He can apply to so many more (laughs) internships than me with his ability to relocate. And he knows that. The event has me incredibly depressed. I am angry at myself for opening up to someone who hurt me and for not being a good enough designer to get the job over him. Please let me know your thoughts. I feel utterly lost and need guidance on whether I should just break up with this friend or leave it alone and never mention it to him or something in between. Thank you. Bridget. Bridget. Thank you so much for writing. Absolutely. Um, I want to pull out something from the letter before I forget mm-hmm. is the is the very end when she, she asked, like, should I just break up with a friendship or or not say anything or something in between? Mm-hmm. Um. I think that it's okay. We're going to unpack this like way more um, prob- and probably give like uh, totally different advice. But um, I just want to like encourage people that like emotional intimacy and communication, you you are allowed to tell people how you feel about things. Yeah. And specifically, I think for this instance, um, Bridget, you can't change this. That right. nothing nothing is going to change this outcome. Right. It, you can't undo the fact that this happened mm-hmm. and you can't take this internship from him. But you can say uh, this hurt my feelings and I want you to know that because I love you and I want you to know how I feel. Absolutely. Um, one time I like disappointed my dad when I was a lot younger. And instead of like punishing me, he just said it, it was like really radical to me. He said. You don't need to apologize. You don't need to do anything to write this. I just want you to know how I feel because I love you. Mm-hmm. Right. And that and that is like what a true relationship is. Absolutely. And that's that's in general, like folks out there, like you're allowed to just tell people how you feel and to not expect something in return. Absolutely. And um, if that person doesn't handle you telling them your feelings well, then that's not. Yeah, totally. Friend. There's like some red gets, flags like, in there for me. Right. If he gets really defensive malicious. and malicious in fights, like yeah. if you're afraid to tell someone that they've hurt you and not in a, in a way that that is about your feelings and how you felt in the situation and not accusatory. Yeah. Like and you're afraid to do that. That's not a mark of friendship. Totally. That is a mark of a intimidation, intimidation, and- fear and a power imbalance that is Ooh. not a healthy way to maintain a relationship. Totally. But I want to pull out something you just said, which is um, doing it in not an accusatory way. Right. Um, and that's that's really what we want to pack here, Bridget, because this is hard. This is. is hard. This sucks. Absolutely. But and I do want and I do want to say that your friend Jake, Jake, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> didn't handle this well no. at all no 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 it's definitely a shady move definitely a shady move on his part oh absolutely and like telling your friend that their dream internship is your backup plan is like an asshole thing to say <laughs> like i don't want to like i don't want to say that he's like in the right in this yeah in being such an asshole to you right but we do want to say that that internship wasn't yours for him to take yeah Unfortunately, I mean, this this is going to be like the most anticlimactic <laughs> advice ever because we we unfortunately we just want to say like this is this is life. Yeah. Um and 
we, I think our egos want us to feel, not want, our egos feel much more entitled to things than we are in the universe. But the universe is like a god of chaos. Oh, absolutely. The universe will constantly take things and give things as it sees fit. Oh, um, with no rhyme or reason. And... Um, yeah, so so you write in it that he that he took this from you, and and unfortunately, the the truth is he didn't. He didn't. It wasn't yours to begin with, and the life sometimes just doesn't give us the things that we want. Yeah. we can work really hard to get that job, or to get into that school, or to find that person and get a date with them, but unfortunately, sometimes all of our hard work just doesn't work. Right. And maybe you can find like peace in that. That might sound like a like a big ask, especially with the pressures of employment and professionalism and friendship. But when things go wrong in my life, I often try to think of like that this is on par with the rest of the world. <laughs> right. <laughs> like um, if if something terrible hasn't happened to you yet like just wait <laughs> right um and i don't mean that in a nihilistic pessimistic way but i find peace in the fact of like okay like i cannot control the world i cannot control people around me um nothing is truly owed to me yep. i can just show up and be positive and present and be willing to um uh to be grateful as i go along and yeah this just this might not be like the most fun advice but right. That you're not going through a fun experience. Nothing no, about this is going to like feel good. You're going to feel betrayed by your friend. You're going to feel disappointed that you didn't get this opportunity. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes in life, we just have to sit with those feelings mm -hmm. and um, figure out what the greater message is behind it. And I think one of the ma maybe greater messages is that you don't feel safe with this friend. Right. And yeah, for sure. And I think that's um, that's what it is. It's. It's hard when all of these external things are happening to you that you can't control to not feel tied up in them and to not feel your own sense of self-worth be tied up in the things that you don't get or in the friends that treats you wrong. And this is going back to the guilt versus shame thing. Yeah. But like you are not defined by your work. You are not defined by how, by what internship you get. You are not defined by the fact that you can't afford to live somewhere else and apply for different internships. You are defined by yourself, by your worth, by your values, by the things that you hold dear. Um, and so I know that it's very disappointing that you didn't get this internship, but it doesn't have anything to do with your friend. It doesn't have anything to do with you. It's just like the way the world works. Sometimes you don't get the job that you want, but that doesn't mean you're a bad designer. It doesn't mean that you are uh, studying and working hard for nothing. It just means that you didn't get this internship. And on the flip side of that, like you don't let yourself be defined by the fact that he got this internship. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Don't don't be defined. I feel like um, I think there's a lot to be said about m making identities out of what makes us feel like a victim. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you're not defined by all these positive things like your work ethic, your education, your friendship, but you're also not defined by the things that disempower you either. Right. You know, right. so, so don't let yourself be defined. Don't get your worth or your sense of identity from the fact that he quote unquote stole this from you. Right. That and, he's therefore a better designer than you are. Right. Or a, uh, 
or better equipped for that job than you are. You have no idea what the decision making was in that process, right? right? But if you know that you're if you know that you are a person who deserves love in the world, like who is walking through this world, trying her best to figure out what you're trying to do, like that is what matters. It doesn't the internship, even though it's crushing, doesn't define who you are, doesn't take away from your value as a person, doesn't take away from how good you are as a designer. It just means that you didn't get an internship. Yes. And now that we've delivered that, like, (laughs) bummer of advice, (laughs) I do want to speak really quickly about how to talk about things that are uncomfortable, like how to share your feelings when they're not pleasant, Mm -hmm. you know, because you do have a right. Like, should you just break up with this friendship? I don't know. I think I think that's up to you. It it seems like you were really close. It seems like this person was is important to you and you saw enough value in them. But now that you experience this, you're seeing maybe more sides of this person. Mm -hmm. Um. I I say I would I would sit in your heart and settle in your heart heart separate of any external thing that you didn't get this and that sucks and it's mm-hmm. okay to be disappointed um but you have to grieve the expectation of that opportunity that lost that lost opportunity yep. um and and move on and recognize that it was it was never truly yours to begin with right. just the idea of it was mm-hmm. um so you got to let go of the idea of that and then settle in your heart how do you want to move forward with this friendship do you after this do you feel comfortable being their friend mm-hmm. um do you feel safe to tell them like hey this really hurt my feelings but I've done some head and heart work and I'm not going to hold this against you. Absolutely. Or if you feel like you can't, if you if you can't be friends after this because you do, you feel like you can't trust them because you feel like um, they overstep their bounds and it changes the way you feel about them. That's okay too. That's human, right? Yep. Um, then you, I think what I'm trying to say is you owe it to yourself and to your friendship to maybe express how this made you feel. Yes. But the true head and heart work would be settling your expectations first. Absolutely. And I think that that means, yes, part of it is that you need to not see this as something that he stole from you because because he didn't. Like, he just didn't. Right. <laughs> but there are things that you can say to him that reflect, I think, what you're actually feeling, which is that he said that your dream job was a backup plan for him. And that hurt your feelings. And that hurt your feelings, which is 100% a valid. valid way to feel. And I think that you can have a conversation about that. But if it, but again, it has to be sort of grounded in actions that he actually took and the way that those actions made you feel. Right. It can't be about um, things that you've built up in your head that have been now disappointed or disappointed take, yeah. in, but actually things that, that he said that you can hold him to account if you want to have this conversation with him. But At if all. you're just like over it, you can be over it. <laughs> yeah, totally. If you wanna if you wanna put your energy into other friendships, that's okay too. Maybe Absolutely. you honestly, like one time I full transparency, I like I have a professional slash personal relationship with someone. Mm-hmm. Um we work together and we're also really good friends. And she had a professional opportunity for I thought me. for a second you were talking about me. <laughs> And I was just like, you're in the room. And she, so she, you know, she had a job opportunity for me and we were so excited. I was going to take it. We were going to be able to work together. Da, 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 da. And I had to, I ultimately for other reasons had to turn it down. Mm-hmm. And it was, we had such a complicated relationship because we were both colleagues and friends um, that she had to just tell me like, hey, I know this isn't personal. Because it wasn't, mm-hmm. um, but I, I, 
I need space to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. And we like took some time apart. Like it wasn't a concrete break from each other, right. but like she was right. I, I need, I needed to give her space to be disappointed, mm-hmm. to feel um, upset with me. Cause I, again, going back to shame and guilt, like I'm, I'm allowed to disappoint people. Yes. Right. And I can feel guilty about that, but I'm not going to feel like a bad person for making the right decision for myself. Right. And so going to York's uh, situation, Bridget, um, Maybe you just need to take a break from this friend mm-hmm. because he frustrated you and annoyed you and disappointed you. Yep. Um, and then maybe you can be friends again when you feel when you when you've settled it in your heart. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. All right. We hope this helps, Bridget. Most of all, we're, we're just sorry. Like this yeah. sucks. <laughs> it does. It totally sucks. But uh, we know that you're going to be super successful in whatever path life takes you down. Yep. We love you. Thanks for writing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right. Our last letter is from Ashley L., who is writing to us from Kentucky. Hi, guys. I love you both. This podcast and your blind date suggestions. They're always surprising and things I would never think of. My story is kind of long, and I apologize in advance. I'm a 24-year-old straight female, and I've only been in one relationship. I was with this guy or man-child, for six (laughs) years, and we ended up living together in a house he bought after college. We adopted two dogs together, and I thought everything was great, until it wasn't. He started becoming really close with this girl at work, and he would go to her apartment after work almost every day and stay until 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Sam is looking at me with a face. Let's just say that. Uh, He always insisted they were just friends and was always bringing up negative stuff about her when we were alone. However, he texted her constantly, and they were spending a lot of time together. I repeatedly asked him why he spent so much time with her if he thought she made poor choices. He would laugh and say, that's just what friends do. Everyone joked that this girl was his second girlfriend, and I became more and more paranoid. I asked him repeatedly if there was anything going on, and he always denied being anything but friends, but still came home in the wee hours of the morning from hanging out with her and her friends. One day, months later, he told me he couldn't imagine dating one person for the rest of his life. He told me he didn't love me anymore. I packed up all my stuff and moved back to my parents' house that night. Later, I found out that he hooked up her with her that day, and they dated a little while, um, but it didn't work out. Fast forward a few months, he comes back and apologizes and reportedly sees the error in his ways. He swore nothing happened while they were together, and I believed him, but I hate the way he made me feel about their friendship. We tried dating on and off, but I couldn't get past the issue of trust that I had that I never had before. I broke it off because I kept reflecting on how crazy he made me feel for being so suspicious when he de- denied everything was going anything was going on. Now, present day, this is stuck with me. I find that whenever I get close to someone, friendship or romantically, I immediately shut down and won't let anyone in. I'm constantly worried that people may like me today and tomorrow they could wake up and decide that they don't love me anymore. Mm. Well, how do I get past this and learn to trust again? 
How do I allow myself to be vulnerable and go back to being my true self, who is not thinking that everyone is lying and secretly dislikes me? Thank Mm. you for taking the time to read this and for sharing your thoughts. Love always and every good wish, Ashley. Oh, and every good wish. I know. That's so charming. (laughs) Ashley. Thank you. Yeah, we adore you. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Guess what? That relationship was totally a mind fuck. (laughs) Like that, that you're not with somebody for six years without like having your brain twisted in a way <laughs> if if they don't come home until three or four in the morning. That's wild to me. Um, yes. Oh, and I have been in that space. And oh. I can tell you that it's crazy making. Yeah, it, ma- it, it makes, makes you like feel mentally unstable. Yes. And like you doubt you, reality. Absolutely. And that's it. Like you doubt reality because like the person is like, I'm not, nothing's happening. But it's also like, but why are you out with them until four in the morning? Yeah. Let's unpack that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's unpack the relationship before we talk about the post relationship future. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this is what I would like to call like in some way or another, it's gaslighting, right? Yes. Because yep. Sam and I believe, Ashley, that this man cheated on you, right. if not physically, definitely emotionally. Right. Right. Definitely was putting his eggs in a different basket. Absolutely. Ew, like... was... I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh. I just mean like was definitely investing his time and emotional energy and physical presence. Yes. Whether sexually or not in other people. Yeah. Period. And. And yes, I think the realist in me has to say that happens in relationships, especially long relationships. You tend to ebb and flow with your um, social life, with how much you spend your time with Mm -hmm. the partner, yada, yada. That happens, but not like this. Right. Not repeatedly. And like people are joking that this person is your his second girlfriend like yeah i'd be like what type of what (laughs) (laughs) what type of people are saying that i'd be so uncomfortable like i would never yes say that about like if you were hanging out with it like merrick a ton our your like best friend i wouldn't be like oh merrick's your second husband because that's like disrespectful to your husband (laughs) and merrick's boyfriend it is also i don't Hang out with Merrick that much. I get it. With Merrick until four in the morning every night. Right. Exactly. So. Exactly. I said don't hang out. Because we're like, we're both 30 years old and we'd be like, I'm tired. Oh my God. At nine o'clock. I'm like, I'm going to shuffle back to my black dungeon house. (laughs) Anyway, that's a throwback to back when I had pink eye that in October. (laughs) If you guys haven't listened to all the episodes. Both eyes. I got I gave myself pink eye and the flu. And in the same week, they painted my apartment building black. Like, hey, this this building is the plague. Do not enter. Anyway. Um, yeah. So I do want to say that, like, even if even if he wasn't cheating with on you physically and even if he was, quote unquote, doing nothing wrong, like he was doing your reality. <laughs> right. Exactly. You're like he was distorting your reality for you because right. he was doing things that indicated that he was doing something wrong and then saying that nothing was happening. Right. And like But even though like the behavior that he was like the behavior he was doing was wrong. Yeah, let's say let's say he never touched another human being for 6 years. <laughs> and he had no lovey eyes for anybody but you. Still, I don't think you liked that he stayed out until 3 and 4 or 4 in the morning. And I'm confident that you communicated that to him. And that's the issue is that like when you have that conversation of being like, I don't like it when you stay out till three and four in the morning, then it's become when that pivots to 
you think I'm cheating on you and I'm not. Right. Then that like that is that is gaslighting. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that is like distorting the actual argument for something else. Right. And like telling you something that is not what you're actually mad about. Yes. Right. Because like, I'm assuming you started out with trust, right? Because you've been with this person for a long time. You live together like you <clears throat> things have been flowing. You know that he has a social life outside of you. But when you say, baby, can you be home at midnight? Can you be home at one? Right. And it turns into like, oh, nothing's going wrong. Well, no, that's not real. Like you're still overstepping a boundary that you feel comfortable with. Absolutely. That's not the real argument that we're having. Right. So uh, let's just recognize like the um, mental gymnastics that he put you through. It was and and how and now you're trying to trust people, but you don't know how to do that without going through that terrifying landscape which is gaslighting mm-hmm. and mistrust and potentially infidelity right like you're, you're trying to do something i always think about trust in terms of like children and like when we learn mistrust mm-hmm. and and ashley you write about like your true self like i want to give i want to get back to my true self that is open and trusting and the fucked up thing is, like, this is your true self. This is what humanity looks like. Maybe this is the most depressing, nihilistic episode we've ever done. Seriously, like, what is wrong with us today? I know. We're like, bad things are going to happen to you. He definitely cheated on you. Trust no one. <laughs> That's not what we're saying. I'm just saying that your true self is someone who acknowledges the things that happen to you acknowledges what is real, what your values are, what you want to take into the present moment. And what you want to take into the present moment actually is people have the capacity to hurt you, but you have an even stronger capacity to set up healthy boundaries, to be loved, to give love and to trust and be trusted. Like you, you have this capacity despite the mental training that he gave you. Like he trained you not to trust people. Oh, yes, absolutely. But you have the mental strength to undo that training. Absolutely. Um, Trust is hard. It is hard. And it is um, maintaining vulnerability in the space of people having the ability to hurt you is really difficult. Oh, my God. Like being vulnerable is not being weak. Like being vulnerable requires an act of strength. Right. And it means that I'm going to put my trust into you. I'm going to show you who I am. And whether or not you like that person, I know that that person is whole and healthy and worth loving and wonderful. Right. Like that is what vulnerability is. And that is what trust is. Like to say to someone, um, I'm going to put my heart in your heart. Right. And I'm going to let you carry it. Right. And knowing that if they betray that trust, that's on them, and it has nothing to do with who you are as a person. Right. Going back to shame, right? right? Are it's you going like, to internalize it, or are you going to learn yes. from it? And it, which is not to say that it doesn't fucking hurt when like that trust is betrayed, right? Like, not to say that it doesn't break your heart and make you want to cry and make you want to never love anyone ever again. But, but true vulnerability is saying that in spite of the fact that that might happen, I know that I'm a whole person and I am willing to show up and put my trust into you. Yeah. And I also want to say, like, trust is hard, but it's a lot easier with trustworthy people. <laughs> I, almost made, <laughs> I almost made Sam spit out of his coffee. <laughs> I mean, it's just true, right? Like, yeah. I have noticed I, I like look back on my dating history and I think about the people who I didn't trust 
versus like the people that I do trust. And, and there's an inherent trust. There's an inherent difference. It's like, I don't know, this side of the room cheated on you and lied to you. And this side of the room didn't do that. Right. Like and who called you when they got home or who came home when they wanted you to. Right. So I just want to say in general, like you, you, yes, you do have to do the head and heart work that Sam is talking about to like open yourself up to this. But it's also like like the right people are out there. There there are people yeah. out there who won't make you have to work so hard to trust them Absolutely. because they will be trustworthy. Yes. And yeah. And like having a strong self of sense of self will help you identify those people much more easily. Yes, because like when totally. I was a 21 year old dating him, I had no idea that like I didn't. I didn't deserve the things that he was doing totally. that made me not trust him. Totally. I was just like, oh, but like this, he, this is the best I can do. Like I'm in love with him. Like I am nothing without him. And so when he would come home at four in the morning, every. Right. <laughs> like, You'd be like, this is what I deserve. Right. And I'd be like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. And the truth is, it's like, no, he was being an asshole to you. And right. like, you don't deserve that. Right. And you can leave the relationship. Right. Totally. But I didn't know that because I I had no sense of self when I was that young. <laughs> hey, cheers, my friend. <laughs> um, and for those of you who have no idea what Sam's talking about, like in our second episode, we decided to call Sam's terrible ex him. Yes. I don't want to <laughs> say his name. It's like, no, no, it's it's like, like Voldemort. Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> um. Actually, the last thing I want to touch on is um, you say, like, you talk about love, uh, about being afraid that someone will like you one day and the next day wake up and realize they don't love you anymore. And just to add to this nihilistic <laughs> episode, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Uh, but the reality is that is life people change constantly mm -hmm. and we we go into these social verbal contracts with our partners to say like i'm gonna be with you until i can't be with you anymore mm -hmm. and that is scary and terrifying and vulnerable but that is where the good lies right yeah. like i i cannot going back to maybe the second letter about the things you can and cannot control like what is yours and what isn't yours mm -hmm. you can't control that you can't control if somebody falls out of love with you and that is terrifying don't get me wrong that makes me shake in my little metaphorical boots it's like that bonnie Raitt song i can't make you love me if oh you my don't god bonnie Raitt, <laughs> jesus um everybody should listen to the bonnie Vare cover of it oh my god it's so oh. good it's really we'll I don't think I've heard it. Okay, great. We'll listen to it on the way home and cry. Um because we drove here together. <laughs> um but but anyway, so like love is risk and and an abundant amount of rewards. Absolutely. And so again, like maybe you can find peace in that of like, you know what? I'm not gonna hold myself up because I deserve love, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm not gonna set myself up to think that I can control people or that I can that you are not immune to heartbreak. We, None of us are. Yep. But you have to submit to the potential of heartbreak to receive the benefit of actual love. Absolutely. Yeah. And actually, we know that's terrifying. But know that there are two strangers across the country really, really rooting for you. We're here for you. We love you. Thanks for writing. All right, that is the wrap for this 41st or 42nd episode. Who knows? <laughs> Whichever. <laughs> um, uh, every episode, we like to shout out something that we want to send you home with. This is the blind date segment of our episode. This week, we want to set you up with... 
Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Oh, my God. Who is that? <laughs> Who's Brene Brown? Uh, Brene Brown was formerly an author that I had never read before, but yeah. that I told everyone that I had. <laughs> yeah, it's been a journey on the podcast. You OG listeners know what's up. <laughs> um, but now I have almost finished. <laughs> <laughs> Daring Greatly. Uh, Daring Greatly. And I get what the hype is about. Totally. Is there a subtitle to this book? Yes, daring greatly. How how the courage to be vulnerable transforms the way we live, love, parent, and lead. Ooh, so maybe like every single one of our listeners should read this specifically. Um, no, actually. absolutely. And I will tell you that like this this book is really fresh in my mind. So like all of the advice that I gave was like yeah. based in what uh, Brene Brown talks about in this. But you know, Brene Brown is a um, a PhD who has studied shame like that was her her all of her research was on how people react to shame right um and then she realized that that she's not that interested in shame but more in how people overcome it right and so um you know started doing ted talks and then like every it just sort of took off because she had so much knowledge about the ways in which we internalize other people's views of us and yeah, our the own science guilt behind and it, really. embarrassment. Yeah. And like what our brains actually do in that and and was like, how do we disrupt that pattern of thinking? Right. And it's about being vulnerable. It's about having that sense of self that you can put out into the world and say, this is me. I love it. Like right. I know who it is. I I know that it is worthy and that and that the way that you react to it doesn't affect me in any way or right. like that that core sense of self. And so I'm ready to engage with you and see your core sense of self and the ways in which we can connect and engage. I truly cannot get over the fact that you're giving us like a small <laughs> TED talk on Brene Brown's work. Like, damn, this is growth, y'all. <laughs> this is this is an, what I like to call an arc in the, the storyline. That's right. And um, yeah, I, it's just it's been a great read. I think it's like it's all the stuff that we've been talking about, mm -hmm. but put much more succinctly and like with actual like research and education behind totally. it. Um, so I would check so it out. So she is qualified, whereas <laughs> she is we are not. <laughs> she is infinitely qualified to talk about it. Um, so check it out. It's uh, Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. You can uh, like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com. If you send it other places, we will not get it. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you DM us many, about your questions. We... Yeah, we have too many letters, so we can't keep it all straight. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review. Um, and please consider supporting us on Patreon. Yes. Oh, my God. I love our Patreon subscribers. <laughs> I love them, too. I love our Patreon episodes, really. Yes. They're, they're like They're, they're like <laughs> un MTV Unplugged. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're like behind the music. Yes. Um, that's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. Uh, $5 a month gets you an additional bonus episode every week. $5 a month for an additional weekly episode. This helps us keep the lights on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers to give them relationship advice. Also, we bought this Brene Brown book with, with our Patreon, Patreon money. money. Yeah. So thank you, Patreon You are all helping me on yeah. my own journey, <laughs> yeah. which is yeah. great. Basically, you're helping him like get rid of his internal bullshit <laughs> that he's actually read Brene Brown now. Okay, anyway, original music, recording, editing, and producing by our good friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What Is Podcast. <gasps> Sam, guess what? What? 
Oh my God. I hope that people haven't turned off the episode yet. Because no, because they just... all wait for your affirmation. Oh, cool. So guess what? <laughs> I, I forgot like an announcement. Oh, we did forget. Yes. Guess what? What? Um, I we, mean, I know. Yeah. We have booked our very first live show, which is going to be like the one year anniversary. It's our romantic anniversary. So, And, and we don't have tickets for sale, but this is like your verbal save the date yes. for our Just Breakup anniversary first live taping show ever. It's going to be on July 27th. At Honey in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. in North Minneapolis, um, we will have like ticket sales up shortly as well as like an event page on Facebook, et cetera. But you want to put a save the date in there. If you're in the Midwest, if you want to come, it's a Saturday night at a beautiful venue in North Minneapolis. Um, we're going to do a live taping. Big Cats will be there. Sam and I will hypothetically be there. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We might have a host. We're not yeah, sure yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll <laughs> release more uh, details as they, um, I don't know, come to fruition. <laughs> yeah, right. As um, we, we actually just, do the work to plan this. Yes, but we just wanted to give you the date because we know a lot of out-of-town people want to come visit. We want to meet you. Um, oh, we we want to give sure. you consensual hugs and high fives. Yep. Um, yeah, July 27th. It will be our Just Break Up one-year anniversary live show. Okay, and remember, (laughs) just because you make a mistake doesn't mean you're a bad person. You are no less lovable because you misgendered someone or because you were uninformed about something. We're all here to learn. And especially in romantic relationships, you are allowed to make a mistake. You are allowed to apologize, to ask for for forgiveness, and you're allowed to move on from that. We are all here to learn from each other. And just because we are not perfect people does not mean we are unworthy of love. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>